Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, I'm Jack Murley, and this week myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, look at a crown jewel card that keeps getting bigger and bigger for WWE, and discuss why we're still not 100% comfortable with it. We look at whether NXT 2.0 has bedded in, and what we make of the new product, and why AEW might be beginning to experience some issues when it comes to the sheer depth of its roster. Plus, breaking up the new day, some more brilliant suggestions from you on that, a fantastic brain teaser to tick us over for the next couple of weeks, and so much more. All coming up right now on Earning the Push. Praise be to the wrestling gods. We've finally got a feud that they've gone. This needs a hell in a cell. We'll give it a hell in a cell. Ah, oh, yes. And one of my favourite things in wrestling is just someone going angrily, hell in a cell. And the crowd go mad. And it just felt like, the first proper announcement of a Hell in a Cell match for ages. I was, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed it as well. And you're absolutely right. This is something that not only since Edge has returned, but they've done such a good job of weaving in the backstory of when Edge was retired and when Seth was being peak architect numpty to take a page out of your PG friendly swearing on this show. It, it just feels right to have these two lock up inside a cell. Absolutely. And I'm no doubt they're going to have a hell of a match in there, aren't they? Hell of a match. Yeah, it also adds to a hell of a crown jewel card, which is where this is going to take place. And we should run through the matches we have for this event. Riyadh, Thursday, October 21st, as we record, that's less than two weeks away. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, WWE Universal Championship. Becky versus Sasha versus Bianca for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Goldberg versus Lashley, no holds barred. Edge versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. Big E versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Titles. The finals of King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown Tournament. This is like one of those old SmackDown versus Raw cards that you'd put together yourself. It is fantasy booking 101. Yeah, that is some card. It is absolutely incredible. I think... But we've spoken on the pod before about the issues we have with um, them going to Saudi Arabia, politically, if you can even call it that, the human rights issues, et cetera, et cetera. Take that aside, it's an incredible card. The only other shame about it being Saudi Arabia is I don't think the crowds are particularly good. They're not, that, that card deserves a crowd that is going wild for it. I don't think they're going to get the crowd they deserve. That, that could easily be a WrestleMania card. If that came out for the next WrestleMania, you'd be like, that's a stacked card we've got. So they're giving us the matches and the quality, I'm sure, of matches would be great. I just think it's going to feel a little flat because of where it is and because of everything else around the Saudi shows. So take the politics out of it, as you say, because we've done that and, and the political discussion has been had and that's not going to change. What does this show need to do to over-deliver? Because on paper, you look at that card and you think that's such a stacked card it can only disappoint and it will never meet expectations. But because it's having in Saudi, happening in Saudi Arabia, if you have a card, a crowd that's even a little bit up for it, even a little bit invested, does that elevate the whole thing? I think the thing it's luckiest is it has got a absolute ton of terrible Saudi shows to compete with. Mm. Like You look at the history of the Saudi shows and they've all had terrible matches on them. I mean, some of the worst WWE have ever delivered. Now, that's because they put legends against legends who can't really go anymore. 
the two legends who are old that they've got on this card, Edge can still absolutely go. I've got no doubt we're seeing some of the best of him. And they're protecting Goldberg by putting him in a no-holds-barred match, which should go about 10 minutes maximum and should just be spot a spot fest and him and Bobby just smashing each other. That's what that should be. You haven't got a DX versus Bullets of Destruction. You haven't got a Undertaker Goldberg. You haven't got any of these. You haven't got um, Goldberg Bray Wyatt. Goldberg isn't leaving with a title, thank God. So I think it's fortunate in that sense. I think all this card has to do is those matches have to live up to their potential. They don't have to over-deliver. The issue will be the crowd. The crowd get excited for anything. You could roll Kelly Kelly versus Eve Marie out in Saudi Arabia, and they would they would be equally as excited as they will be for Roman Reigns versus uh, versus Lesnar. And that's the issue. I think they just it's the same level of excitement, which isn't massively excited, and they don't really ever find anything boring. They're just like yay, and it's, it, it kind of takes away from it a little bit for me. It's almost like pumped in, isn't it? It's almost yes. like, yes. You, you remember, and we don't really talk much about impact on this show, but when TNA used to be in the impact zone, you'd have the same 500 fans would react in the same way for each taping, never too high, never too low. It just was what it was. And I, it's a weird one, this card, because I should love it. I should be psyched up about it. And yet I'm not. And if I were to for whatever reason, not see this Saudi card, I don't think I'd be that bothered. Yeah, and that, that's the issue, isn't it? Because that card on paper, you should be staying up late on a Sunday night to watch that. You should be going, I can't miss this. I don't yeah. want spoilers. I'll deal with being tired at work on Monday. I need to see this. Now, do you think that's because it's in Saudi? Do you think you can't put the politics aside? Because if you can't, I don't think there's any issue with that because I, I struggle with it. I think I think a lot of people do. I think it's the idea of taking something so good and putting it in front of a crowd that doesn't appreciate it. And at this point, I need to say, I'm sure there are lots of fine folk in Saudi Arabia who love their professional wrestling and are are, are so excited about it. But to me, it's the idea of you've got this really special thing and you're putting it at what for the majority of WWE fans is one of their least favoured, least special events. And for me, that I find quite difficult. It's almost like, you know, they used to do the UK only pay-per-views, Insurrection, and they were presented as if, eh, they don't really matter. Occasionally you'll get a European title change, but that might be it. And the Saudi shows have always been presented as, eh, they don't really matter, except every match here should matter. And yet, because of where it is and the way it's been presented in the past, I can't, I can't hype myself up about it. I just, I just can't, and I know I should. No, I, I, I don't think you should. I think you're allowed to have the issue with WWE doing business with the Saudi Arabian regime. I genuinely think you're allowed to have that issue. I it's think, not even the regime, at- Charlie. It's not. Sorry to cut across you. It's not even the regime, although that is an issue. It's just knowing that crowd, for the most part doesn't really care about wrestling it's like i'm not a big foodie okay right okay here's an example you'll get i don't drink coffee right imagine you've got a cup on the go imagine that someone brings to me the best coffee in the world and they say jack this is i don't know this is the best beans and it's been put together Mm. by the best brewer and here it is and it's just for you and i drink it and i go yeah that was all right i I get you i get you that's how i feel about the way the Saudi audience will react to this, that they'll go, yeah, it was quite good. And I'm thinking, no, that card deserves better. Yeah, no, I, I completely get you. I completely get you. It's um, You look at the whole issues, if you call that with Saudi Arabia, you've seen that across the board and buying Newcastle Football Club as well this week, aren't you? It's 
it's something that's very interesting and very much in the forefront of public viewership at the moment. And it's interesting how everyone has their own opinions on it and their own views. But the, when you go just to the wrestling of this, that is an outstanding card. It should be an outstanding show. But you can't go to just the wrestling. I think that that in that is the problem, isn't it? The fact we can't as wrestling fans go, this is going to be incredible, shows there is a bigger issue here. Yeah, and it's a shame because the build has been great. And if someone said you're getting exactly that, but that's happening at Survivor Series, you would be off the charts excited. Um, Let's talk about Survivor Series because we've started seeing hints of what's going to be going on. And it does look as if we will be getting another Survivor Series where it's Raw versus SmackDown, Champion versus Champion. The old brand supremacy argument is coming back. Is that a selling point for you anymore? I quite enjoy the champion versus champion thing because I like being like, oh, who's the champion of champions? What I can't get behind is the winner, whoever wins. Well, first of all, they sometimes they didn't bother keeping score throughout the pay-per-view, which is hilarious. <laughs> sometimes, well, never, ever has the winner had any consequences. It's been, they, you win nothing. There is no reason to win. Like, why, why do I want to win for Raw? Why do I want to? Why do I want to win for SmackDown? I get nothing. And thirdly, I cannot stand that for that month, all of the rivalries get pushed aside, everyone's mates. No, that's not how the world works. So, yeah, I enjoy the pay-per-view. I watch the pay-per-view and I enjoy it. The build, I always, I'm always like, this doesn't matter and there'll be no consequences out of the side of it. So, I enjoy it for the good matches you hope to get. Like, Big E versus Roman should be absolutely brilliant. That's a match I want to see, for example. But, yeah, apart from that, I don't really get too excited by anything, any of the consequences around it. You say it's not how the world works. Survivor Series, I think, is the Ryder Cup of wrestling. You get all these individuals and they sort of, they start wearing branded tops and they like each other yeah. and they talk about why they're winning for their team. And come the end of it, eh, it's done. Well, you, you look at it this year, the Americans all pretended they liked Bryce DeChambeau and everyone knows everyone hates him. Everyone can't stand him on the tour. But they're all like, oh, yeah, Bryson with your big driver. Hey. It's like, lads, just say he's rubbish. You know you don't like him. Here's an easy fix to this Survivor Series quandary. I'm full of opinions this morning. I don't know what's... I'm, I'm, it's usually you who gives the opinions. Mm. I got loads. The winning brand gets the two number 30 spots at the Rumble. Simple True. as that. Simple. Way matters. Yeah, yeah. Simple. Just do it. Just give me, give me a reason for them wanting to win. Give me... Life has consequences. Give me some consequences. And there's no GMs, and we go back to what we were saying last week. There's no general managers, so why should they want to? And the brand split doesn't even take effect until a fortnight's time. So we're in this daft position. I was reading the Raw results this morning where I thought, well, hold on, now we've got the Usos showing up on yeah. Raw. And they go, no, 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 we've still got a couple of weeks. And I think, oh, WWE, please make it easier for me to look past your logic imagine, holes. Imagine that in, um, let's use football. Liverpool have just signed Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City, but it won't take effect for three weeks, and he's going to play for Man City against Liverpool before then. What? That's not, what? It's just logic holes at the moment, and the, Raw is better. Raw is a better yeah. show than it was. Now, that admittedly is a fairly low bar to, to clear. I think that's that's not controversial to say. I just wish that there was a bit more. I, I think this as well about the, the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown tournament. This this should be brilliant. How have they not given us the story of Woods versus Kofi? Mm. Like, I saw that draw and I was like, ooh, ooh, that's interesting. 
But now I've got to watch Woods versus Jinder Mahal instead. Like, what? why would you not give me that story? Why can they not just have a good, um, well-hearted, no-rivalry match where they both want to win King of the Ring? Like, that just seemed like a no-brainer to me to give us that, which is just another layer to the story of Xavier Woods wanting to be King of the Ring, but to do it, he's got to beat Kofi. Oh, no, now he's going to beat Jinder. I just, I think you've missed a trick there. Like, don't tease me with it. Don't put them in the bracket and be like, oh, you could get this, but no, you're not. Come on, WWE. And give me some stakes again. You know, my favourite King of the Ring tournament. And I'm always, um, I'm not sure I'm a lover of King of the Ring. I'm not sure it, it's ever been my favourite thing, but my favourite one was the one they did where the winner got a title shot at SummerSlam, where Brock won, beat Rob Van Dam beat The Rock at SummerSlam. And so the King of the Ring was a stepping stone to something. And particularly where every King of the Ring for the past however many years has decided that once you become King of the Ring, you have to become a British king or wear a crown. or I mean, come on now. Come on now. Yeah, but, but do not tell me, you know what I'm going to say? You did not enjoy King Booker. Don't tell me you didn't enjoy that. I did like uh, King Booker, and I liked his court, where you suddenly had yes. Finley, William yes. Regal. Who else was in there? Dave Taylor, I think, was in there with yeah, him. Yeah, just, just anyone who had any sort of regal name was thrown in there. Yeah. that Okay, I yes, all right, I'll wind my neck in slightly. That is the that one got, example. That, that got him another world title run. He got yeah. so over with that, they got him another world title. But I, I completely agree. Like, Give me a reason these guys want to be King of the Ring. What are they going to do with it? Why does it matter? And what, what does winning the queen's crown mean at the moment it's just a it is just a crown like give me give me stakes give me consequence i also had a king of the ring um as its own pay-per-view i think a tournament on one night i think that that's how i'd do it yeah i i agree and i'd make it a standalone tournament and i give it a more sports-like feel almost like the cruiserweight classic that that had or the may young classic that had stakes it had a sporting feel it worked and it got new talent over um speaking of getting new talent over some dynamite talk coming up in a moment we'll also be breaking up the new day as charlie's alluded to the new day but i was thinking there was a point when we started this podcast we spoke about pretty much nothing else but nxt and now Mm. we're on to nxt 2.0 and it has i'm ashamed to say dropped off my radar and i'm wondering Mm. as a man who was our resident nxt guy how much NXT 2.0 have you been watching? It's okay to say none. Yeah, not much. Not much. I just... Yeah, just not much. There's, there's better wrestling to watch now. Dynamite is better. Raw and SmackDown are a bit better again. There are things happening. But it just... I just didn't think it needed to change. That's the big thing. I didn't think it needed it. Like, I just... I see all the colours. And I'm like, I don't want to see all the colours. And yeah, <laughs> I, I keep up track of what's going on. But it's not my NXT. So this is interesting to me because I'm fascinated because WWE had its logic, whether you agree with it or you disagree with it. They had a reason to do it. I'm wondering who they think they've bought in to Mm. replace you, because if you as the biggest NXT booster I knew and the guy who would sell NXT to your rugby mates and, and whoever now can't really make the time for it, I'm curious who they're getting in to replace you. I don't think they care. I think they're all about getting better talent for their main roster shows. They think that's what's going to do do a better job for them. I think they, they want it to be fully developmental again. And they think, actually, if people watch, that's great. But this, this brand's job is to develop talent. Now, you'd argue that the way you get people invested in them on the main roster is get them invested in them 
on the on NXT, like you, some of the biggest pops were for call ups, weren't they? Like remember the one that always gets when Enzo and Cass got called up, the noise in there, and that's because people were investing in NXT. Now say what you want about how the main roster then treated NXT talent, and you can say a lot because it was terrible, but you would get a spike in viewership because people wanted to see what these people they were already invested in were going to do on the biggest show in wrestling. So I don't really understand it. I don't I don't see how you have to rebrand it to do this. What I, They could have just fed in a few more developmental talent to wrestle the Garganos, the Champers, the Duns of this world, like the more established stars. I think they could have got the same aim without losing fans by rebranding. It just seems, it seems strange. But now, before I say this, Vince McMahon is a better businessman than I am, is a better business than I ever will be. And knows wrestling. He's forgotten more about wrestling this morning than I know. That, that's just a fact. I don't get the business in this. I don't understand how it makes sense. I also think that what you had with NXT as it was, was a bona fide shot in the arm wherever you needed it. Because WWE needs to generate excitement. If you're AEW and you're bringing across talent, boom, suddenly it's exciting. If you're WWE, NXT was a rival you owned. It was almost what they were trying to do with Raw and SmackDown. And they had it. They had this genuine thing. And it, yes, it would frustrate us when Vince would or whoever would pluck a person out of NXT willy-nilly. But it was a bona fide, exciting thing to do. And they've taken this brand that even up against Dynamite, so many people still loved. And it's just become an irrelevance in my mind and your mind, and we consume more than an average amount of wrestling each week, it just isn't part of the conversation. 2018 was the best year of NXT. If you watch 2018 NXT, I, I would challenge you to find a better calendar year of episodic weekly wrestling anywhere. It was just phenomenal. But was it 2017 or 2018 where the main roster got stuck in Saudi? And NXT had to um, invade SmackDown to keep a SmackDown show going. And then that fed into the NXT Survivor Series, yeah. where they changed. That was Adam Cole won, and NXT kind of won the night, but no one kept score. That was brilliant. I just think it was such a story to be told with an NXT invasion of we don't want to be called up because it doesn't go well. We're going to take over. And there was just, I think there were so many stories that could have been told. And that, that NXT roster, that 2017 18 roster, was just something else. Um, I just think a massive, massive opportunity was missed there. Well, last week we ended with you speculating, me, I'll be honest, lusting over Adam Page, whether, whether he would return. He came back on Dynamite. He won the casino ladder match. And my God, everyone was pleased to see him. Talk about a pop at the end of that second anniversary show. Oh, yeah, that's that. That's a pop. Like you wanna, We wondered, didn't we come out of the pandemic, who was over and who wasn't? And we said, oh... Hangman's over with the, the response he's getting. He's he's still very much over in that AEW crowd. They went berserk for him coming back. I think AEW has a problem here. And I don't often criticise AEW, but I've been thinking this for a little while. I think they have two problems. And one of them is with their storytelling. And one of them is with how many baby faces they've got. And I'll preface this, like you were saying about Vince McMahon. Tony Khan from scratch has created the hottest wrestling product in the world and he's done it in two years and he's done it through a pandemic so tony if you ever hear this know that i'm about six degrees below your level but i go back to saying i think aw could tell better episodic stories and i think they need to boil down what they're doing 
Brian Danielson chasing Kenny Omega for that title, if that's the way they're going for full gear, let's assume it is, should be the focus of that show. It should be what that show is built around. Sometimes you see it in a segment or a long match, and that's the last it's mentioned. And I, I, for the life of me, I don't understand why when you've got all this talent, you're not driving two or three storylines through the show like a stick of rock. I, I, am I being overly critical? Because for me, it seems... you do it it's done you're on to the next thing then there's another thing and they've got all these plates spinning but i want more consistency in the telling of the story yeah it seems like they are touching on all these great stories they could have them rather driving three or four of them home properly they're just touching on them don't don't touch on kenny omega versus brian danielson don't you dare leave any of that on the shelf give me all of that like don't come out of that feud with me going i wish we got this i need to see it all because this is a once-in-a-lifetime generation feud that we thought we were never going to get. We've already seen what they can do in one match. Give me that proper feud. I think it's a really good point. Are they trying to keep everyone happy? They're trying to give everyone airtime. I don't know what they're doing, but they're good shows. Don't get me wrong. Like I enjoy watching Dynamite, but I think they could be better with just a little bit less going on. It's just it's very busy, isn't it? Very busy. I think you 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 hit on it there, the nail on the head, and they are great shows. I I, I make a point to watch Dynamite. I will watch AW Dynamite religiously, and and they are great shows, and they're entertaining, and they are where they are. But it's that point about leaving it on the table. If you've got Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, don't you want the fans each and every week to know why Danielson needs to be Omega? Why is Kenny avoiding him? Is Kenny doubting himself? What does Brian need to do to get to that level? You know, that you need to hammer it home. And, and I listen to a lot of 83 weeks. Um, I, I know you've not got as much time for podcasts as I do. But when you hear Eric Bischoff talk about the NWO, that storytelling was week to week to week. And it was episodic. And that's what WWE did in the Attitude Era. And I think you're right. I think my, my slight issue with AEW at the moment is I get a little bit of everything and everything's quite nice and, and, and everything's really well cooked and it's beautifully put together. But sometimes you don't want tapas. Sometimes you want a meal. It's like, it's like when you go from those um, fancy tasting menus where you get 24 courses that are all a mouthful and you go, well, actually, the 11th course was lovely. I would you like that as a meal instead, please? I'm still a bit hungry. I didn't get enough of what I loved. I think that's exactly right. My other slight issue is with the way they're using CM Punk. And I saw Alex McCarthy talking about this on social media. I think a few people are having this conversation at the moment. CM Punk is is being true to his word and working with all these young guys. And that's great. And that's laudable. But does it feel like, you know, CM Punk is back in wrestling. Let's not forget when we started this podcast, that would have been ludicrous to say. But it's sort of just normal now and I'm, i don't know whether it should feel normal yet it feels like cm punk's just another member of the roster it feels like cm punk has been treated like just another mid card in the roster just working out what he's going to do and cm punk is wrestling like every time he does it should be an event every single time i don't do i want to see him wrestling every week do i want to see every week cm punk coming out in the middle of the show and having a match i don't know if i do i want it to feel more like he's picking and choosing his matches and everyone is an event and everyone is special. It's yeah. I think it has just kind of become the norm that CM Punk is wrestling and that sh- that shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I enjoy the matches and I think it's great what they're, and I'm not saying I need CM Punk to be against other people, but 
don't just throw out a match on the Friday against Daniel Garcia. And also, who's Daniel Garcia? You know, I, mm. I consume more wrestling than most people do, and I am fuzzy around the edges on who Daniel Garcia is and why he's getting a match with CM Punk. Um, and I sometimes feel I'm missing something because Dynamite is doing a lot right and the ratings are okay, but I feel like it could just be just a bit more. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. So if you are Tony Khan, Adam Page gets that reaction. What are you doing with him and that main title picture? It's it's really tough because I don't want... You don't need to complicate Danielson Omega. You do not need to complicate that at all. That doesn't need any outside interference. That doesn't need any third parties. That just needs to be its own thing. And I think you have Brian Danielson go over him. I really do. Because I think... I do think the... Yeah, I was about to contradict myself. We've seen Kenny Omega versus Adam Page, but then I would have, um, I'd have Adam Page versus Danielson. I think there's still money on the table with Omega Page. I think that can be a feud that bubbles under the world title scene. So whether you have Omega cost Page the match or whatever against Danielson, I think Adam Page is brutal because he couldn't do anything more to be over. His timing is just hideous because he should be a world champion, really, without those reaction what he's done. I don't think he's the right man for right now. You've got too many big names in there who I think have, you have to put your title on and just run with them. So I'd have him lose to Danielson and then go into a feud with, um, with uh, Omega. So I'm just looking now where Adam Page is from, where home is for him. So he's from Virginia. So what I would do is I would have Adam Page pre-announce when he was looking to have that world title shot and I would probably do it after full gear, and I would probably be looking to book a stadium or a big show in Virginia, and instead of having him slot into that title picture, as you say, because you need that match, I would use the prospect of Paige getting that world title shot. I think his first world title shot since he lost to Jericho in the inaugural match, I would use that as my hook to sort of sell people on that next big show, and as much as we've nitpicked AEW a little bit here they are very good at building big shows yeah very very they they know how to make an event out of what could just be another week of dynamite don't they let me just jump in here to tell you that this podcast is all about us the fans so if you love wrestling and know other people who do get them involved make sure they and you rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and make sure you get in touch as well the ways to do that are in the description box of this episode and now Back to the show. So let's move on to some fantasy booking. Breaking up the new day. We broke hearts last week uh, and we've got lots of good suggestions in. Charlie's going to do his in a moment. Can I run you through some of the ones we've had in from folks listening? Hit me. Okay, we picked out a couple of the best ones here. Uh, who should we do first? Let's do Nathan. Uh, Nathan says, I, I think this might be what you do. So I'm sort of intrigued. Nathan says, the obvious route is the best one. Biggie and Kofi have both won the big one. Xavier hasn't. Uh, jealousy is a powerful motivator. So keep the belt on Biggie. Have Xavier accidentally turn on Kofi to win the number one contendership. Have him cost him the match in some way to have some plausible deniability. Then have Xavier lose to Biggie in a title match. Go fully a heel at the end. Just destroy Biggie to end the group. Reveal the accident with Kofi wasn't an accident all along. I 
I wouldn't be surprised if you'd gone down a similar route. Have you? Similar, similar, a little bit different, but similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to mind focusing on the title. It's definitely okay. focused on the title. Emma, I just like Emma's one because Emma's is so sweet. Um, she says, I'm going to give them the one last ride equivalent. No animosity, no hatred, an end that is as nice as they are. Ten years to the day they were formed would be November 3rd, 2024, and have the new day pre-announce that that will be the last day you'll be able to feel the power. You can put them up against someone like the Usos and Reigns, have them win and have them go out on top, hug, go off air in a feel-good moment where they go their separate ways. If you have to, says Emma, you could turn one at the end, but that's predictable. And how often do we get a genuine happy moment in wrestling? So that would be on November the 3rd, 2024, would be my will be my 29th birthday, that date. Okay. And if that happens, I'll be sick to my stomach on my birthday. What, no, then breaking up in a nice way? Yeah, no, if you're going to break them up, break them up properly. If you're going to do it nicely, don't break them up. Why? Like, I like, Why? I Have like, a nice I one. like that you're trying to be nice, Emma, but this is wrestling. No, no, if, they, if they're going to be nice about it, don't break up. Have them be mates forever. Yeah, but right. But this is the guy who said I'd never have ended the streak because it was special and it was different. And how often do you organically yeah. come across and something like and that? Here's the thing. I'm not saying I would break the new day up. That was what I prefixed this whole thing with. I'm saying if you had to. Yeah, but she has. She's done what she's she's yeah, done well, both things. She's broken them up and everyone's happy. She has solved the problem. She's like the enigma machine of wrestling booking. She's managed to find a way Emma, to do it. Emma is not Alan Turing. We are not giving her that <laughs> credit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bendy right. comebacks will not be playing her in a film. But you don't know. We we could do. Um, right. Thank you. I liked it, Emma. I thought that was nice, even if Charlie didn't. Uh, let's all pray silence and hear Charlie Beckett break up the new day in, I'm guessing, a spectacular bloody style, based on what he said. Mine's rather simple. It's not too complicated. Um, I would I'd start now. I, I'm going right into where the world is now. Um, the only difference is they're all on Raw. So everyone's on the same show. I would have Woods win King of the Ring. He needs something that is his. As you say, Kofi and Biggie have both had the big one. He's had nothing. So he needs that. And I actually think he'd be an incredible King of the Ring. I think we spoke earlier about there's no real stakes. They don't do anything with it. You see how desperate he is on social media to be King of the Ring. He has some incredible ideas of what he'd do as King, I have no doubt. As much as he treats it as a big deal, the rest of the world and the company aren't really. No one else is really getting on board. It's kind of a, all right, Woods, that, that's nice. You get a crown, but actually it means nothing. And we're kind of playing into what we were talking about earlier of no one really knows what King of the Ring is. And you can see it annoys him because he feels it's such a huge deal. And you can see that when people refer to the New Day, they're talking about he is the current WWE champion. Kofi's been WWE champion before. He's this veteran of the ring. He's a definite Hall of Famer. All this, everyone loves him. And Woods is there. And that's what we're getting there, that Woods is there. And we don't see a single bit of animosity there is no tease of this because this is kind of how people view the new day a lot i think anyway of if you were saying the new day have a huge tag team title match tomorrow who are the two you'd expect to be in the ring you'd expect it to be kofi and biggie wouldn't you and woods on the outside playing the trombone and that's where we come with them. this is the story the woods does not woods isn't happy in the third member because also in real life he's so much better than that he's brilliant 
So Wood starts to get a bit of momentum and being King of the Ring is bringing out a bit more of a brutal standards wrestling. He's not wrestling heel. He's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit more edgy. And he's getting a bit of momentum. Still absolutely face. Everyone loves him. And he wins the Royal Rumble. Out of nowhere, Xavier Woods wins the Royal Rumble. And it is huge. He goes berserk. And after it, Kofi and he come out in the ring and they've got him on their shoulders and they're celebrating. And it's just a brilliant moment. The ticker tape falls. He's had his moment in the ring like he had after winning the title, like Kofi had at Mania. This is his moment celebrating the ring. Next night on Raw, the main event of the whole show is Biggie and Kofi throwing a party for Xavier Woods. They are throwing a celebratory party for Woods winning the Rumble. And they come out and there's all, all the madness you'd expect when New Day party is there. It's just absolutely bonkers. And all they're talking about the whole time is Roman's going to get it at Mania. Woods is coming for Roman. That Ian Kofi will be in his corner. They'll deal with the Usos. It's Bloodline versus the New Day. Roman's getting it. But the one thing that never happens is Woods never talks about going for Roman. He never, ever talks about it. He doesn't really talk. Kofi and E are just all over this. They're, they're too excited for their own good for Woods. And that's the heartbreaking thing is they are genuinely over the moon for their friend. And around the ring, there are all just ornaments everywhere. There are unicorns, there are trombones, there's just everything you'd expect. And E and Kofi are having a cut in this promo about how happy they are for Woods. And Woods just stood there in the background. And Allah the Shield breaking up. He just very slowly picks up. It can be a trombone or a unicorn. I don't mind which. <laughs> I don't mind which. You can imagine whatever, insert whichever one you'd like. And he just lays them both out with it. Just destroys them both. Absolutely batters them. And he just picks up the mic and he says, E, I'll see you in the main event of WrestleMania. And walks out. So I'm turning Woods full heel to go after the title. And now the next week we get interviews of why he's done it. He explains all the reasons I've gone to earlier. And he has to ref- wrestle Kofi on the way. So he has a match with Kofi at, would it be Elimination Chamber or whatever. Whatever pay-per-view they stick in that weird little bit just before yeah. Mania. He wrestles Kofi there and he just gets he gets disqualified in a second. Just absolutely destroys Kofi. He's gone absolutely like tyrannical king. Tyrannical. And... I spoke about how much I love it earlier, and this is the one rogue thing I'm going to do because they never do this. They never do anything but a one-on-one title or a triple threat for the uh, the match, the title match at Mania. I would put, with the animosity in it and how angry everyone is, I would put Big E versus Xavier Woods for the WWE title at WrestleMania inside Hell in a Cell because you've got to keep Kofi out of it somehow because he's going to get too involved and there is just pure hatred here. And I would have Woods win. I would have Woods. I would have a heel win because I just think a tyrannical heel, Xavier Woods, as King and WWE champion would be great viewing and something we haven't seen before. And I'd tune in to watch that. Now, again, I don't want any of this to happen. I don't want Vince to listen. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want to see these men turn each other ever. If you had to do it, that's how I'd do it. I can't say I don't like it. I can't say I don't like it. I think that's, um, I think, so I think what's happened is we've all landed on similar themes, apart from Emma, who went a completely yeah. different route. Yeah, yeah. We've all landed on Kofi has to be the roadblock mm-hmm. and that the money feud 
with all respect to Kofi, is Xavier versus Big E. And Xavier's the one that has to turn. I love that because I think there is something to that whole... Um, it's almost a Phil Neville syndrome. They're yes. really, really good, but they're not quite as good as the other one. Yeah. And that must eat away at you. Yeah, I think he has just forever. He's viewed as the third man of the New Day, isn't he? He's, he's viewed as what really, in, in, in days gone by, and I'm sure it almost happened to him, he should be the manager for the tag team of Ian Kofi. Yeah. And actually, only when he does wrestle do people realise what a good wrestler he is. He's, he's in his own right, is absolutely brilliant. He's cursed by his talent. He's cursed by how good a talker he is. Yeah, and people think he's smaller, he's a talker, he hasn't got the star value in, he hasn't been a WWE champion, he's just the third man of the New Day, and actually he's so much more than that. Yeah, I love it. I love it, I love it. Uh, What do you think, please? At Charlie underscore Beckett, at Jack underscore Murley. I have a topic for the next couple of weeks, if you're interested, unless you've got one off the top of the old dome. No, hit me. So this isn't so much some fantasy booking as a tell me what tops this. And this is one I thought about earlier this month. Uh, On the 5th of October, 1997, we saw the debut of Kane and the Hell in a Cell gimmick on the same night. Has there ever been one night in the history of wrestling with two such significant moments on it. So I'm not after a night with one huge moment on. I want a night where two huge things happened in wrestling at the same time. And I'll take a list of this. I'll take ones that people think are more than the other. But we saw the debut of the Kane gimmick, one of the greatest gimmicks of all time, and the Hell in a Cell match, one of the greatest matches of all time, on the same night. Has there ever been a better night in wrestling where two such significant things have happened? That is a very, very, very good question. Very good. I liked it. I was proud of it. Mm, and well done. Actually, well done, you. Actually, we've, we, because, as I say, I threw this up earlier in the month out of curiosity. We've also already got Paul, Stephen, Nick, Alan, uh, Adam, and some others with some thoughts on it. So we've got some in the bank on that. I think that's going to be really good. Uh, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley is the way to get involved. Shall we do some earning the push and some back to developmental? Absolutely. First or Absolutely. second? I'll go first. I'll go first. I've got quick ones this week. Okay. Um, Earn the Push is Alan from Sky, who came to fit my new Wi-Fi this week and just did a brilliant job. Did a brilliant job. Turned up in the window when he said he would. Uh, came in, um, knew exactly where the router went in my house and was out there in 20 minutes and the Wi-Fi was working perfectly. So just, I think people who do jobs like that get complained about a lot for being late and doing bad jobs. Yeah, you've got, you're probably going to complain about one today, maybe. No, I, or I'm, I'm just slightly worried that every week you're pushing a different business. And I'm wondering if you're getting a cut from this that I don't know. This week was Sky. Last week was, was it the hotel you went to? The week before a that was, was a hotel. Yeah, club okay, card yeah. points. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've I'm, not noticed. Yes, what's happening is I'm getting a cut on the sponsorship and not bringing you in. That's what's happening here. Uh, so Alan from Sky, well done. Brilliant. Good job. Well done, Alan. Um, and back to that mental is I, I went shopping this week, which I hate anyway, mm. for the most grown up and boring thing anyone's ever gone shopping for. And I didn't, it's the sort of thing you don't even think about how they turn up in houses. And then you realize when you're an adult, you have to buy them. And mm. I just was a whole world I didn't know existed. Like I went curtain shopping. Oh yeah. That's not fun. It was awful. It was awful. Like, yeah. 
I was just walking around Dunelm Mill and I was like, what? Like, I don't, I don't know. And then my better half was like, do you think this will go well with the colour of the wall in that room? And I was like, I honestly, I, it's not that I don't want to be invested. I genuinely want to try. I honestly have no idea. I have no idea where that will go with the wall in that room. I don't know. So I spent an hour and a half of my life curtain shopping for two sets of curtains this week. And it was just, you don't think about how curtains end up in houses, do you? But someone has to buy them and it's a horrible, horrible job. So that's going back to development. I would like, I would like houses to come with curtains, please. Well, not just curtains, curtain poles. That's the thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, we already had them, thankfully. Okay. Poles were already in. So we, we were lucky. We um where we're moving to, we do not have poles. We have to buy curtain poles as well. And you're right, there's because they're very much of a muchness, these mm. things. It's sort of like, you know, one is this is slate and this is graphite. Which do you prefer? They're both grey. To me, they're both yeah. grey. One yeah. one may be more or less grey, but for some people it's a big thing. Okay. I, I, I got told, sorry, I got told as well that I need um blinds and curtains on one window, and I don't really know why. Why do I need blinds and curtains? That's that felt like the salesman having me on i wasn't having that i was like i feel like i need either not not both like either yeah. or surely i've never lived in a house with blinds and curtains i can't yeah. work, unless you're doing something particularly secret in that yeah. room. he was like he was, he was like that looked lovely in the bay window i was like to who i was like you can't see both of them at the same time one blocks the other sorry there you go I'm oh, done. I'm it's, done. it's it's I'm what done. this segment is for um okay here's mine here's what's earning the push for me I'm not a strictly fan. I'm not a strictly fan. It's getting the push. It's getting a huge push. Are, you, is... en- are you enjoying Mr. Monier being on there by any chance? Uh, not. No. Well, no. He was oh. good. He was yes. good. I mean, I'm. I'm an. I've got a t-shirt. I'm an Adam Peaty guy. That's yes. like, like oh, yes. Paul yeah, 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 yeah. It's just lovely. It's just nice. It's nice to get people Saturday night. You know how you have such a problem with all your dark dramas you watch on a Sunday. This is the antithesis. You get nice people doing a nice dance. Even when they're terrible, people go, ah, but you could be better. The band's great. The costume's great. It's just nice. How is, um, how is Mr. Petey doing? Is he good? He is good. He is good. Did a rumba this week. Always a tricky dance. Always a tricky dance. Um, Who's, who's, who's Bucky's favourite at the moment? Oh, blimey. Well, you've got the guy from um, Bake Off, John. He's very good with right. Johannes. They're good. Um, you've got someone from EastEnders who's very good. Um, do you know, but he's, and to bring this back to wrestling, one of the reasons I like it is sometimes the moves in it are dead ringers for wrestling. Like they'll okay. do a lift and they'll do a head scissors takeover. <laughs> and genu- genuinely, they'll do like, or a Hurricane Rana or someone yeah. will lift someone up. And I think, well, he's about to do a Razor's Edge or a Fall Away yes. Slam. Yes. And they don't. They put them down safely. But I like that element of it as well. So you, does your better half not watch it? That might be a sexist stereotype. But no, I'm... no. I I think it's one of those things if it's on, she would enjoy. And I, I don't hate it if it's on. Like, I'm, my mum loves it. My mum absolutely loves it. So if I go home, it's on. Yeah. Uh, but I, I won't sit down to watch it. I don't dislike it. I just don't love it. It is a little long. I will sort of watch it on fast forward. I, I don't need your journeys. I'm very dance, score, on and off, get it done in an hour. So that's getting the push for me. Back to developmental, Christmas adverts on telly already. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I, I, think, I think this is an inarguable point. Now, specifically Christmas adverts, because yesterday I was walking around the flat humming Band-Aid to myself. And I think that's a cracking song. And I don't mind singing Christmas songs all year round, but having the adverts on 
I saw my first one on Sunday during the Grand Prix, which I think must have made it the 10th of October. Too early. I, I will go all in on Christmas from the 1st of December. Before then, don't come near me with any Christmas stuff. Don't. Don't, because you will get your head bitten off. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about Christmas before the 1st of December. It's too yeah. early before then. Too early. I'm sat here in shorts and a T-shirt. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful Cornish day. I don't want to be seeing people hanging stockings on tea. It throws my equilibrium out. I, I struggle to know where and when I am at the best of times. So to have that on, no, not for me. Not for me yeah, at all. Like, I'm in shops and there's Christmas things out. I saw selection boxes the other day. I'm like, what? We haven't even had Halloween. I don't really yeah. like Halloween. That's what I don't really like either. I'm not a big Halloween man. But there you Trick go. or treaters? No, no, thank you. Well, I'm sure we'll get into them the next few weeks. Well, actually, I'm going to, to bring this back to wrestling, also back to developmental, any Halloween-themed or Christmas-themed wrestling match. I never need to see a Vince's Grotto uh, Halloween hardcore. If I've seen R-Truth smack someone with a candy cane once, I've seen it a hundred times. Um, a Miracle on 34th Street fight. Oh, God. You was don't that... need that, do you? That's They've done ones like that. Was that on the same night where, did I imagine, it? was this a fever dream or where John Cena had to track down who ran over Father Christmas and yeah, it was Alberto yeah. Del Rio. Yeah, there was something like that as well. Like, no, I don't I don't need that. I don't need that. I've tell you what I don't need either. Sorry to go. I've got a match on Boxing Day this year. Oh mate, really? So I can't I can't I can't get drunk and eat way too much on Christmas. Wait, if I'm not doing that, what's the point? What's the point of Christmas? Some of us workers, Charlie, work Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. look at you. Look at I you. Know. I know. Um, right, look, uh, let's wrap this one up. Thank you for joining us each and every week. Uh, it's been a cracking episode. Next week, we need your thoughts on the one night with the two most significant events in wrestling at Charlie underscore Beckett at Jack underscore Murley. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your pods from. Thank you to the more and more people listening to us each and every week. If you love wrestling, tell another wrestling fan about what we do. Charlie, is there anything that WWE can do in the run-in to crown jewel that will up your excitement levels for this event in Riyadh on October 21st? Sort of overthrown the Saudi regime. No. So I'm going to say no. Okay. On that geopolitical note, we'll wrap this up for this time. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week when we'll do it again on Earning the Push. But until then, bye-bye.